All right. You good, Goplin? I'm ready. <laughs> the anticipation is killing me. Hey, corn growers, welcome back to Keeping It Independent. This is a podcast brought to you by Wiffles Hybrids, and my name is Eric Wilson, agronomy manager for Wiffles Hybrids. And today I've got my counterpart to the north, Jared Goplin. We've got uh, kind of a menagerie of topics to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, maybe some yellow, kind of sick-looking corn, some herbicide injury, uh, and then uh, kind of what we jokingly, jokingly call the uh, ugly duckling or that uh, corn adolescent phase. And that's that's corn with a C, not corn with a K, like the band for our listeners out there. So uh, if anybody had one of those T-shirts in their adolescent phase. So uh, kick this off, Jared. Uh, my corn isn't looking good. What's wrong with it? I always love that question. It's very open-ended. Uh, you don't get a lot of information when you get those phone calls. Uh, so let's talk about that corn adolescent phase. Yeah, that's uh, certainly one of the favorite topics, right? You get that call and uh, obviously there's thousands of things that could be going on, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we call this the ugly duckling phase because uh, corn is basically going from, uh, you know, utilizing, relying on that seed. It germinated and emerged, uh, looked nice and green uh, as it's relying on that that seed for basically resources, nutrients. Uh, and then at some point it gets big enough, it needs some additional nutrients. And that's kind of where uh, we enter into that phase where, you know, kind of around that V3 um, growth stage is when we move from needing something from the soil. So, uh, you know, that corn plant has some of those seminal roots that come off of that seed. And then, you know, as that plant continues to grow into V5, V6, uh, it develops the, uh, you know, the the crown roots or, or the big boy roots, as I, as I often call them, at least when I uh, talk to the FFA groups and things. So, um, you know, it's just part of that phase where, you know, it's kind of going from the, the, the seed um, and then, you know, kind of the training wheels, those, those seminal roots, and then ultimately to, to those crown roots. So uh, part of that phase, obviously, um, you know, we, we do have some bumps in the road, I guess. And uh, like now uh, is a prime time where a lot of the corn, at least in my area, is in that anywhere from V3, V4 stage, most of it. Um, and that's right in that ugly duckling phase when uh, that, that little seedling is, is not quite accessing some of those nutrients yet. Uh, but it will very soon, especially if you get a little shot of rain to uh, to get some of those uh, nutrients into solution. So a lot of changes happening, you know, like a prepubescent teenager. But uh, it, it it is a transition period, right? I, I want to remind everyone that it 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 takes a while to do that. Like what Jared is saying, you know, at V three, it starts putting out some of those nodal roots, the big boy roots, and it starts looking for resources in the soil, be it nitrogen, water, what you know, whatever. Um, and it takes a while and it, at V5, like Jared said, it's, you know, it's fully reliant on what is available to it in that soil and we're not using those seed reserves anymore. So a lot of time, I another, uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to, going to share. So I was in a field last week. Um, it was a, a field of corn I was planted into soybean stubble and, uh, like 20 acres of it, if I remember right, was planted into some fall applied, uh, hog manure. Uh, whereas the rest just had, uh, you know, spring applied urea, um, you know, along with some potash and uh, potassium. But uh, the stuff that had hog manure on it looked a lot greener. It looked bigger. Um, you know, so then the concern is, well, what's going on? Is there something wrong with this other corn? And, um, you know, this field, like a lot of areas, you know, had a little shot of rain earlier uh, soon after planting, but then it has been fairly dry. So if you think about all that spring applied fertilizer, you know, right up in that upper couple of inches of soil, you know, that's dry, 
uh, it's probably not being able to access that very well compared to some of that hog manure that, you know, had a little bit more nitrogen, other nutrients available, a little bit more available, um, you know, right along that V3 stage where, you know, if those, those little baby roots have more access to nutrients, you might see some differences there. But, uh, but yeah, this is all short term. Um, you know, th- the good news is, uh, you know, none of the yield components are, are really being determined in terms of uh, ear girth and length. Uh, quite yet. So, uh, you know, for the most part, the corn will be just fine. Um, it can handle a lot really before that V5, V6 stage. So that that's a good point you bring up. Um, you know, the, the question always comes up about this time, corn looks yellow. How's that going to affect my yield? Uh, in fact, that's another question that we, we kind of had queued up and, uh, you know, Jared, Jared's right. Um, girth, ear girth, you know, number of rows around is starting to be confirmed at about V5 to V6. So, you know, if we're experiencing stress, that is a time when you can get some ear pinch. But uh, the good news is a lot of those traits, especially girth, is, is pretty heritable, meaning, you know, the, the genetic determ- determines that more than anything. So it, it's pretty short term. We usually don't see yield reductions from looking at yellow corn, I guess, is a good way to put it, early season. Uh, and it as it transitions and, and kind of continues to grow and find some of those nutrients, we grow out of some of those things. Jared, what's another reason we might be seeing yellow corn? Yeah, so right, there's <laughs> there's hundreds of reasons we could have yellow corn. Uh, one, one of the other things that comes up, of course, is herbicide injury. And uh, before we forget, uh, I did just get done, we did just get done uh, putting out a uh, Between the Rows article on this with, with a lot of great pictures. So uh, herbicides are another one, right? So uh, now's the prime time. You know, we like to get those herbicides on before that V5, V6 stage, partly because that's when our uh, yields, uh, yield components are starting to be determined. And, you know, we don't want to add additional stresses on those uh, those corn plants at that time. Um, that is part of that reason. But, um, but uh, we can see some, uh, you know, obviously herbicide uh, carryover from previous years. I know uh, Northwest Iowa areas where it was very dry last summer and even into last fall, uh, certainly some Flexstar carryover. I think you can find Flexstar carryover just about every year uh, somewhere in Iowa, uh, just especially if you have some of those drier conditions because these herbicides are broken down with water. And uh, whenever you don't have water, those basically the microbes that typically will break these things down don't do a whole lot. So we do see some uh, some sad looking corn because of some herbicide carryover. Uh, or if you're out there recently, you know, even pre-emerge herbicides, I know some of that earlier rain uh, that we saw did splash some of those pre-products, those residual products up on leaves. And you can get some weird symptoms that uh, typically are blotchy, uh, very minor, minimal, uh, and it grows out of it very quickly. But, um, you know, if you're you're having some stressful conditions and out there with some post-emergence applications, you can always see some some issues show up there. Um, typically those are, uh, are short-lived as well. Um, and again, I guess we'll say it again, as long as it's before that V5, V6 stage, we're, we're a little less concerned with seeing some of those symptoms. Uh, cause that, that little, that little corn plant can handle a lot of stress before it's going to, going to impact yield later on. Yeah, it could, it could take quite a beating. I mean, uh, just for frame of reference, you know, Southern Iowa, uh, into, you know, central Southern Illinois, uh, a lot of those post applications have been going on already. Uh, I know a lot are scheduled to be going on this week. Um, it's going to be very, very hot this week. I would, you know, I, I'll make a plug and and uh, I'll let the weed scientists fill in some of the gaps on this, but I'll, I'll, I'll make a plug, you know, be, be very careful with what kind of crop oils and, and methylated seed oil and things you're putting on uh, your post applications this week as you're, as you're making some of those things, um, you know, those are meant to, to get good contact, to heat up some of the herbicides, so to speak, to make things work better. Um, it can be, it can be a little detrimental and damaging to corn, 
uh, when we're making those applications under high heat conditions, especially in, in drier areas like we have in, in the southern part of the state and into Illinois. Yeah, it's certainly a, a likelihood, uh, you know, any of those products you add to the tank to kill weeds better, um, you know, can have an effect on corn, especially when we have stressful hot, hot conditions, uh, especially when it's hot and humid. But uh, the other thing I guess to watch out for, I know we've already gotten a uh, picture of this, uh, is, uh, you know, when you add in some fungicides, you know, a lot of the sun fungicides um, sort of are, uh, you know, fully loaded or, you know, have a pretty good adjuvant blend in them already to help with uh, good leaf coverage. Um, so, you know, if you add some of those products to the tank too, it's, it's not necessarily without risk, um, you know, especially if we had some of these stressful conditions. Uh, and then if you're adding additional adjuvants on top of those, you know, we can certainly, uh, we can, we can make all kinds of fun stuff happen then. So, um, you know, those are some things to watch out for, you know, as temperatures creep past the nineties and, and that corn does get, uh, get a little bit more stressed. I would mention too, um, you know, it, it doesn't look like the heat is going to break anytime soon. So, uh, I would be a proponent of get those applications made sooner rather than later, just to try and avoid being into, you know, that V5, V6, even later growth stage, uh, like Jared was talking about earlier. So we can, we can avoid some of those key growth stages where we are determining yield. It should help things along quite a bit. Yeah. And those, uh, those weeds are growing fast as well. A lot of these weeds, especially water hemp, you know, loves 90 degree plus weather. So, uh, that stuff's going to be growing fast, can grow a couple inches a day. So, you know, if we're trying to control four inch weeds, you know, the timing is certainly uh, now uh, as we start to heat up and those weeds really start to take off. And for frame of reference, when you're scouting, four inch weed is the size of your beverage can that you're probably carrying along with you. So just set that next to the weed if you want to know what a four inch weed looks like. So, or if, uh, or if you're just on the road, uh, if you can see them from the road, they're four inches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or taller probably taller so yep so eric you know there's other reasons we can have uh, yellow corn too so what's uh, what's some of your favorite reasons that we get yellow corn obviously we need nitrogen and other things um do we have enough maybe that's part of the the problem N nitrogen uh you know i always end up with the fertility topics i don't know if i work myself into this or if i've just uh, become the the go-to at wiffles for this but yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about nitrogen so um I've done a couple, actually talked to a few people about this uh, at kind of the statewide level. And I would say, you know, I'll speak for Iowa and uh, most of Illinois. Um, honestly, I don't think we've lost a lot of nitrogen up to this point. But that being said, there are definitely some pockets um, kind of, I'll say more towards the fringe areas or uh, borders of the states that have gotten more rainfall early. Um, we've had some ponding issues. We've had some heavy rainfall events, and no doubt in some of those areas, we probably have lost some nitrogen. Uh, in fact, we've um, put a plug in for something you'll probably be seeing coming out from us. We're doing uh, kind of a, a growing season video on uh, soil nitrate testing. That's something that we have talked about before at Wiffles, but we actually uh, got some good video from a field in Illinois that had some standing water and some ponding. Uh, so we're going to be following up on that. We sent the sent the results back. Um, surprising, not I'll say not what I expected. I'm not going to give away all the details right now, but uh, nitrogen is always concerned when we get those heavy rainfall events. Um, you know, a good rule of thumb: uh, if you get more than 16 inches of rain between the first of April and the end of May, probably could use some side dress applications of nitrogen. And, you know, generally not, not talking a lot, 40, 50 units will go a long way in situations like that. So uh, I'm not saying you got to put a whole another nitrogen program out there, but 
typically when we get conditions like that and we're seeing yellow corn, that is usually one of the go-to main culprits, assuming that we haven't, you know, made some post applications. And a lot of times what I'll say is you can, you can see kind of that unevenness in a field, right? You know, if you've got a whole field that looks a little yellow and you've sprayed it with post herbicide, probably the post herbicide that's slowing it down a little bit. But if you get the, the unevenness and kind of the ups and downs and maybe the higher points in the field look greener than the lower points, uh, nitrogen is, is likely your culprit. Um, there's some things you can do, you know, obviously tracking rainfall is, is one of them visually looking at it. Uh, you know, if you've got color differences, uh, that can tell you, you probably need some, doesn't always tell you how much you need. Uh, but something, um, that can, you know, give you somewhat of a side dress recommendation, uh, do a, a pre-side dress soil nitrate test. You know, those are very simple to do. Uh, you don't have to do them, um, you know, on a, on a tight grid, I would say one, one nitrate test for every 10 or 20 acres is enough. Uh, and those numbers can actually be used to give you actual side dress recommendation numbers to make some of those corrections. So definitely something to be looking for, uh, if, if you are in those areas that have had some heavier rainfall or especially some ponding, uh, I think a lot of times we probably don't account for denitrification as much as we do leaching and the the denitrification would come from when you have those ponded areas. So I guess I look at a couple of those counties, you know, in Iowa, as well as Southern Minnesota that did have heavy rainfall. And, you know, a lot of those areas were able to get back in the field last week. Um, You know, a lot of these, these hillier fields, you probably had a lot of runoff, you know, a lot of that rainfall uh, ran off of those hill slopes and really weren't saturated for that long. So you know, this, this uh, PSNT or the pre-sidrous nitrate test, I think in some of those those wetter hole situations where, you know, they're saturated for a week, virtually all that nitrogen was likely lost that uh, that went on pre-plant. So a uh, good opportunity, I think, to, to at least see what's out there and uh, probably plant some supplemental in in some of those ponded areas. Yep. And, and like I said, a little bit will go a long way in making some of those corrections, you know, just getting something out there. I think that's a wrap for this episode. If you guys uh, have any feedback for future questions or anything you'd like to talk about in the future, we definitely want to hear from you. We want your questions coming in. Uh, you can always send those to us at agronomy at wiffles.com. So stay safe out there, guys, and thank you for listening. Thank you.